By William Penn, Europeans first settled in Pennsylvania in 1637, although several tribes of indigenous people occupied the land for centuries before this. Pivotal in the French and Indian Wars, the Seven Years' War, the American Revolution, and the United States Civil War, it is no surprise that with such a rich history, our state has developed a culture that is distinctive and multifaceted. Full of legends and real-life heroes who risked everything for their beliefs, today Pennsylvania retains strong elements of folk culture developed by a combination of ideologies practiced by the varied ethnicities of original settlers, Native Americans, and shared experiences. Legends and lore passed down over centuries reveal philosophies that are as superstitious as they are religious and even scientific resulting in a microculture found nowhere else. You are listening to Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore, where we believe that behind every great story, there is a nugget of truth. In each episode, your hosts, Ethan and Holly, will attempt to uncover that truth and preserve a part of our incredible Pennsylvanian lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to Pennsylvania Life Legend and Lore. So we're gonna again switch things up a little bit and we're gonna give you guys kind of inside scoops as to some of the different clients that we have um, so you guys can get to know them and you know we can kind of get their information out to you to get to know each other that way. So we're gonna add a little tidbit to our podcast and I think we're going to call these ones our client stories. Um, so again, you guys can kind of get a feel for some of the different um, places here in the community and see who we're helping out there. And on on today's episode, we're going to be talking to Randy Wary and uh, his, his about him and, and his farm and how, how he got into farming and what all he does. Mm-hmm. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you today? Uh, doing well. So, uh, when did you start farming, and did you grow up on a farm? I did grow up on on the farm that I'm operating now. I grew up here, and um, I spent about 15 years away from the farm. I attended Penn State University and then Lancaster Bible College, and then I moved to York County, and um, well, before that, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And I worked in the music business for a while. And while I was there, I learned to shoe horses and became a professional farrier. So I did that for about 15 years professionally. And then my wife and I and our four kids moved back to to the area here to take over the family farm back in 2013. Wow. So you've literally done it all. Well, uh... That was quite a dramatic change in, in profession there going from farming to kind of like the music business yep it's been an adventure and uh i i would say the farming aspect of it has been the most adventurous part (laughs) good adventures bad adventures all the above (laughs) 
All of the above. <laughs> now, how did all you like above. Tennessee? I love Tennessee. Uh, my wife and I lived there for uh, a few years when we were first married, and uh, we enjoyed the southern hospitality. We made some great lifelong friends that we still get together with. And it was a great opportunity to work for a little bit in the music business. I worked for Merle Haggard personally for a while. And um, she got to work with a few different songwriters uh, through a real estate business that she worked for. So it, it was very interesting and it was a great learning experience. Wow. And you wanted to come back to Pennsylvania. Why? I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's a beautiful place, and you know, you grow up on a farm, and it, it kind of gets in your blood, as they say. Absolutely. Now, was yep. when you came back to take over the farm, was it because your family was at the point where they were finishing up with their their era of the farm, and you needed to step up, or was there anybody else in your family that wanted to take over? Um, that's pretty much correct. They were, my dad and his two older brothers were winding down and getting ready for retirement and they wanted to see the farm continue and they propositioned me to see if I was interested in coming back and, and taking it over. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That, and that seems to be, I think that happens a lot here and I mean maybe this happens all over the US but I think especially in Pennsylvania or just central Pennsylvania here it seems like family farms are are pretty much the way it goes there's not you don't hear a lot of people who aren't involved in the farm business starting or buying other farmers out it it is very hard to be a startup farmer because of the enormous amount of money that it takes to get going in it. So, you know, you I hate to say it, but for the most part, unless you're a very gifted, talented, ambitious person, um, you almost have to be born into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I used to be babysat by a farmer and I, lo I love it, love it to death. Wanted to do it my entire life until I realized that there's no possible way I'm gonna ever be able to afford a farm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's a romantic idea, uh, but, um, you know, there, there's a lot to it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a way of life. You, mm -hmm. you guys put in a, a lot of, a lot of hours and you don't, you don't have a lot of time to do other things. That's correct. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah. yeah now, if your family, if your family wasn't involved in the farm, is that something that you think you would have been drawn to otherwise? Um, I doubt it. Um, like I said, I grew up on it, so I, I had a, a lot of great memories mm -hmm. from my childhood, and um, that, that's probably what drew me back. Absolutely. And But we were perfectly content to wherever we lived, um, in Nashville, in the music business, uh, being a professional horseshoer, uh, could have been happy uh, any number of places. Mm -hmm. Now, are there any differences between the farm now and the farm when you were a kid? Yeah, there's a lot of differences. It's it's smaller, even though it's still considered probably a large farm. Relatively speaking, it's much smaller than when I grew up. I think they were farming 
around 6,000 acres, and we're currently farming 2,500 acres. And we were in the farrow to finish hog business when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And and um, we raised about 30,000 hogs a year that were born and raised and sold off of our farm. And before that, they were tomato farmers. Oh. So, um, and now we're... We're still doing the grain, corn, soybeans, wheat, barley, hay, and grain sorghum. And then in addition to that, we raise Angus, natural Angus beef, and we have some finishing hogs. You say you still have a lot going on. <laughs> There's still a lot going on. Yep. <laughs> and and now do you are you doing this mostly yourself? Do you have any employees or family help? My dad is still very much involved, and my one uncle is is involved, and then there's a handful of full-time and part-time people, employees, and they, they do a fabulous job, and um, yeah, I'm very grateful for the help that we have. You and, can't do it by yourself. It's just too overwhelming. And... And uh, for, for the people listening who aren't maybe as familiar with farms, uh, I kind of know the answer to this question, but I'm guessing a lot of people don't. What are your normal hours like? Um, I typically get to the farm between 5.30 and 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And this time of year, we will work till, till dark. Yep. And, and I suspect sometimes you'll work past dark. And... Uh, maybe into the next morning uh oftentimes if there's a weather event coming Mm -hmm. and we're trying to plant or harvest and we only have a certain window that happens quite a bit yeah Yeah, and i think a lot of people don't my personal opinion is i don't think a lot of people are quite as appreciative on farmers because they don't think they realize that uh you know like here we have a 8 30 to 5 job we go home we get to do whatever with our time and where you you have i mean every day is a little bit different and you could maybe get to what sleep four hours some nights if it's that i'm guessing right you're never finished you just decide to quit for the day yep that's the best way i can put it yeah yeah i just uh, yeah i always i always feel like people don't appreciate farmers from that aspect enough that you put in a lot of time compared to most other people and their and their jobs not saying that other people don't put time into their jobs but farmers especially that is correct yep. and if you really don't understand it until you're in it True. i always joke it's kind of like being married <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to elaborate a little more on that? No, I don't. My wife is listening. Safe I meant choice. that in a, in a good way. <laughs> so, so uh, when, before you took over the farm and when you were younger, uh, what, kind of, uh, what kind of farm chores did you have as a, as a younger fella? So my dad, there were three brothers involved for majority of the time of the, the original company and my dad was in charge of raising 
the, the hogs. He managed all of the, the hog production. So I rarely got to sit on a tractor. And I was following him around, learning his jobs, learning how to feed, and you know, learning the ins and outs of the hog industry. Um, you know, from start to finish. From from when the time they're born till they go out the door to to be processed for slaughter. Oh, but that just tears at my heartstrings a little bit. <laughs> now I've heard that like like piglets can be when you raise them on a farm like that when you have so many of them, they're not always the the cute and friendly little piglets that you want to pick up and hold. Is that true? Well, that is true to a certain extent. I, I find them, you know, I still think they're cute and adorable and all that, but, uh, which might be a little peculiar, but again, I have fond memories of growing up on the farm, but pigs can be pretty unforgiving. Yeah. Um, they, um, they tend to, to pick on the weakest link oh. in the pen. <laughs> oh so boy. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what do you think? nowadays what are the biggest challenges you face as a farmer um in recent years it's been supply chain problems uh huge fluctuations in the market and enormous fluctuations fluctuations in prices for inputs and and probably a lot of that has to do with there's there's only a couple big players in the game when it comes to uh, having your meat processed and you know the final product uh, of the protein side of it and then you know for inputs uh, fertilizer production uh, herbicides and things like that that we use to grow crops there's just a handful of companies producing them and so less competition at that end um it makes for higher prices, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, and then what weather is always, you know, the, the factor that you just can't ever depend on. Yeah, yeah, that can... Uh... I don't think that's something that people realize either. Yeah. That you have, like, a right. certain window to get things done, and depending on how the weather has been for you can make you have a good year or a bad year. Yep, it's very, very weather-related. What are the best aspects of being a farmer? I guess the independence of it. Um, Working for yourself. It is certainly a challenge every day. There is no easy day on a farm. Uh, Something is always breaking, (laughs) eating prepared. Uh, There's just a lot of moving parts, a lot of motors, a lot of augers. Uh, big equipment with with a lot of expensive parts and it's just it's a real challenge you got to be someone who likes a challenge to get it all done and keep moving forward but there's a great satisfaction that comes with with the final product you know at the end of the season when you're taking your combine through a cornfield or it it just a lot of satisfaction goes to it and I suspect that you still you still love it every day there's probably i'm sure there's some rough days for you but most days you probably are excited enjoy and enjoy what you do 
Yep, I'm usually rare to go in the morning. Yeah. Um, I, I get frustrated and discouraged like everybody does. Sure. Um, but you you can either quit or keep going. That's that's what I always say. Those are your choices. Now, are your kids helping out on the farm too? They do. Um, my girls are in college now, and so they're not around too often. Mm -hmm. But when they were here, they did help out on the farm. And uh, I have two sons, and they're in high school, and and they do help when they can. Usually in the summertime, sometimes on the weekends, and there's specific things that I have for them to do. So, now, do and, you think uh, they'll take an interest in it like you did? I'm not sure. That remains to be seen. I don't push them in that direction because mm -hmm. it is such a hard life. Absolutely. You have to really uh, be dedicated to it. Yeah, you don't want to talk somebody into being a farmer. Right. That won't go over well. That you. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, what would you say is the most interesting or strangest thing you've ever seen while you're on the farm? Oh, well, I don't know that I, I didn't see it personally, but I guess, well, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say this over the air, but we had, that's a loaded question, you know, <laughs> we had some piglets born one time that had five legs. Oh my goodness. Wow things like that I guess how uh, does that happen probably in breeding oh my know. goodness uh, you know so hmm. for whatever reason that that was a rare occurrence but it did happen a time or two I, so hmm. definitely up there in the strange categories I, I did not know that act I did not know that happened now do you just have to like I'm going to do my, use my air quotes, take care of them then at that point? Like, because there's clearly something, like, genetically wrong with them? Yeah, I'm not sure what they did with them. That was, I was pretty young. Ooh. And I, uh, I saw, saw pictures. And uh, anyway, that'd be a question for my dad. But fortunately, he's not here to answer it. Oh, my. That'd be a very <laughs> bizarre sight. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you see your role as a farmer in the community? Well, um, probably multifaceted. I'm a steward of the land. Um, I want to be a good neighbor. I want to be uh, a good renter to my landlords. Uh, because we do rent a lot of ground and um, we're also an employer so I uh, I try to think about what the Bible says a good name is better than great riches so uh, we, we try to maintain a good reputation in the community not everybody is going to like you of course um, they have a lot of big equipment moving around and we try to be courteous we try to be careful and um but you, you know you can't do everything perfectly but we certainly try we want to be good neighbors absolutely there's always going to be somebody that you're going to rub, rub the wrong way no matter what you do sure, sure. Yeah. so what do you think the future of farming looks like 
I think it looks good. Um, you know, I guess there's, you know, the average age of the American farmer. I'm not sure what it is today, but I know a, a few years ago it was probably around 60 years old. So there's definitely a demand for farming, for farmers. And, um, you know, they're not making any more land, as they say. Mm -hmm. And uh, the world population keeps exploding. Um, so I think there's a there's a good good outlook for farming. It's getting people interested in farming, I think. And I mean, as long as the family farms keep going and family obviously takes interest, hopefully those things will continue. Um, but I'm sure in some scenarios, I mean, occasionally you see farms for sale around the area. Um, yeah, hopefully it continues right. to grow. As hard as it is to enter into a farming occupation, it is incumbent upon our country and, and the communities at large to to ensure that the farmers farming is sustainable. It, it is, I think, it's still the backbone of the country. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. So, out of the out of everything that you do on on the farm, what's your what's your favorite thing to do? Like, do you prefer to be with, like, the animals, or do you prefer to be on, on a tractor all day? Or is there something that's random tough, that we didn't even talk about? That's a tough question. I'm, I'm not trying to dodge the question. There, there's a lot of things that I enjoy. I think, overall, the thing that I enjoy the most is that I'm doing something different every day. That um, makes it nice. You know, the, the, the farming is cyclical. So you, you get an opportunity each year to do what you did the year before better. Mm -hmm. So you spend all year thinking about how can we raise more bushels to the acre? How can we grow the animals faster and more efficiently? And so, yeah, those are my favorite things, you know, solving problems. Mm -hmm. I have actually one question. This is Megan. <laughs> um, okay. If so, um, as far as like, are do you have any products out at like um, markets or anything like that? That if people wanted to support your farm in that way, buy your beef, buy your products, is is there any place that you have stuff like that out locally or is that not really part of the operation on your end well for the most part we're we're selling these commodities um in bulk right mm -hmm. when we when we send cattle we send a tractor trailer load you know when we sell so we're not really in the retail business however we do sell freezer beef okay. and so it's all natural angus beef and uh, it's under a different name, a different label. It's called the Royal Beef Company, and uh, it's all natural Angus. Okay. Good to know. On our farm. Good to know. Yeah, you wouldn't make that connection from your farm, so it's nice that we know what the name is. And, and to our listeners, Royal Angus, Royal Angus, go buy it. Yep. Uh, there's, there's a plug. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Uh, my question for you is because I always, always hear this being asked or being talked about. So out of curiosity, how much vacation do you take in a year? Well, 
we we do try to get away for a minimum of a week every summer um there have been times where we we were able to go longer than that um but uh yeah and then you know in addition to that we we try to take a weekend here and there and that's where the you know having these these great employees really comes in handy because mm-hmm. uh, there's there's so much to do you know every day mm-hmm. uh, and there's so much that can go wrong when you're not there mm-hmm. so yeah. you have to have responsible capable people people so that you, you very can, much trust so you can go away and enjoy yourself yes i've all i've always heard that that is it probably one of a large struggle for you guys is actually getting away, taking a break, and and unwinding because, yeah, things can change for Armor instantly. Our last question, what advice would you give to someone interested in becoming a farmer? Oh, advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, have a backup plan. <laughs> It's a nice, honest answer. <laughs> it, it is an honest answer. No, I'm not trying to discourage anyone. I'm not. Um, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. You, you, you really have to just tear into your work if you want to be in agriculture. It, it's a struggle every day. And I'm not trying to make it sound, you know, like a horrible way of life. It, obviously, it's not, or we wouldn't be doing it. But there's a lot of reward and a lot of satisfaction, but you... You, you have to sometimes struggle mm-hmm. and you have to have some perseverance so yeah you really have to be committed if you're gonna make anything of it yep determination is the key mm-hmm. so so now out of curiosity what's your backup plan <laughs> oh oh boy i have a few backup plans well, that's good that, that's good maybe go back to the music business there you there go. go. Nothing wrong with heading back to Tennessee. Right. <laughs> so I think that's all that we had for you, unless you have any questions or thoughts or things that you wanted to share with us or any of the the potential listeners. No, I think we covered it all. Good. Uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. We appreciate you, you coming on and uh, letting Taking us take your brain. some time out of your day, yeah. Yep, no problem. Well, I'm just, like I said before, I'm just sitting here in a broken down sprayer <laughs> waiting for uh, a part to be delivered. So, um, hey, I had nothing better to do, right? So we timed it perfectly. We did. <laughs> All right, well, we'll let you get back to it, and hopefully you can get that fixed soon so you can back, get back up and running for your day. But, yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to answer all of our questions so we can get to know you a little bit better, let the listeners know kind of what it takes to be a farmer and, you know, it, get your your information out there. Likewise, I appreciated the opportunity. You all have a good day. All right, so that was, again, Randy um, Wary from Wary Farms. And, you know, again, we're going to try and get some more of our, our clients on here so you guys can get to know who's out there in the community um and what what's out there if you liked what you heard in this episode be sure to follow pennsylvania life legends and lore 
on your preferred podcast platform to stay up to date on new content. Pennsylvania Life, Legends, and Lore is produced by Harv Productions, LLC.